Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. It's so good to see you. Um, I, I can't even tell you <clears throat> what a weird week it's been. Anybody have a weird week? Different week? Have you had a week? <clears throat> um, so good to see you, Scott. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to um, just continue in our worship in the Word. It's something very powerful about what God has been doing. But I want to start by just asking you a question, and it's rhetorical. I just want you to get it in your mind. But if you had to put one word, uh, describe one word. Pastor Nick and I were in a meeting this last week, and we were asked this. This whole pandemic, when everything started back February into March, everything gets closed down. One word, what, what have you been experiencing? If you had to describe it in one word, what would that word be? Hope? Disaster? Isolation? What's that one word? Now, I ask you that because depending on what your life has been like, um, doesn't determine what God is like. Your circumstances do not determine whether God is still God or not. There's an aspect of God's word that is final. As we just read a moment ago, there's an aspect of God's word that is conditional. Um, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then, so if and then, if you follow my commandments, then you will be blessed. Uh, If, then. But whether you believe it or not, here's a final aspect of God's word. He is coming again. Okay? So whether you believe it or not, that that is going to happen. (laughs) We don't know the time, but whether you say, well, I really don't believe that. Well, that's that's an aspect of God's word that is going to happen. So there's aspects of God's word that are going to happen, and there's there's the if and then parts. And the reason I'm sharing from this this morning, we've been in the series of Joseph, the life of Joseph. What will they say about you? What is it exactly at the end of your life will they say, hey, this is what I see or what I saw in him. He was faithful. He was a man that was used of God. That's why we talk about not judging a man or a woman's life until it's lived. We all have those parts of our lives that if people saw us where we were, it would not be very nice. But thank God that's not the only picture. There's a future, amen? I had the opportunity this week... play some golf. I do that about twice a year. I'm depending on beginner's luck every time. But as we were playing, having a great time, just invited and just had a wonderful time. But if you know anything about golf, it consists of 18 holes. And the goal is to play each hole. And each hole has what they call a par. And you you try to get the ball in the hole. I don't want to insult your intelligence. 
but you try to get the ball in the hole. Depending on the hole, you have four attempts. And you may take more, but now you're in the bogey range. If you, if you get them earlier, you're in the birdie range. But see, I don't even worry about that kind of stuff. I'm just glad to be on the range, okay? And I say that because um, when you're playing golf, there's 18 holes. There's a course to be played. And it's not that it's a huge strategy. You just uh, I almost bought a scorecard because you look at the scorecard. It's laid out for you, and it shows you the parameters of each of the holes, and it shows you the distance. It shows you what you've got to do. And then when you look on the back of the scorecard, it even has a, a highlighted map of each hole, how, how it's laid out, dog leg right, dog leg left, straight away, three par, shorter. Now, this may sound like, where is he going? But in a very unique way, that's the word of God for us. And see, so you and I are on this course, and God gives us some pretty significant instruction in here. <laughs> and he, he understands that we're not going to get birdies. He already knows that our life is primarily made up of a lot of bogeys. But how many know that there's something you can buy called a mulligan? Especially if you're in a tournament, you can buy a mulligan. What's a mulligan? It's a do-over. Okay? I'm not on my notes yet. Don't get worried. Um, here's, here's what happens, though. If I'm honest, and we're still looking at the life of Joseph, if you'll turn to Psalms 105, if you have your Bible, Psalms 105. I know that's not in Genesis, but we are still talking about Joseph. Um, when, when you play golf, it would be easy to get into the sand and think, man, I'm done. And you just keep swinging and swinging and get mad and get frustrated. And, and it's easy to go hit the ball in the water. And if you're like some guys I play with, they, they want to still go get the ball. And it's in the water. Um, you don't get too many balls out of the water. You've lost it. It's, it's not good. But what if, would this make sense? Now, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people here who probably don't play a lot of golf. I don't know. I know, I know Linda does. But would it make any sense? I mean, just common sense. What if you went on a golf course and you saw someone camping out in a sand? They, they, they got into a sand pit on, off of one of the greens and they just gave up and camped out right there. This is where I'm living. This is as far as I can go. Isn't that silly? Wouldn't that be something to, to just... Wouldn't, wouldn't you walk by them and go, they're crazy. They have lost their mind. What if you walked by someone and they were just standing on the edge of the water and had their bed and a tent maybe, or maybe pulled, pulled up a trailer. They were going to do it right. And, and they, that's just where they're living, right there. Why are you here? You're supposed to finish this course. Why are you here? Why have you decided to stop? Well, th this, I just don't get this game. I don't like this game. Every time I swing, the ball goes left or right. It doesn't go straight. I can't get it right. Listen, here's how you get it right. You do it every day. You get in his word every day. Okay? That's my message today, God's word. It would be easy to go on and talk about Joseph, but I really got convicted this week. 
because I know last week, how did we end last week's message? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. We've raised a body of believers in, in our culture in the 21st century that we love to experience the Word. We love to, love to watch the Word in action. But when we have to live it out, we have a tendency to camp out in the sand. We have a tendency to, even, it might even look nice, it's waterfront property. But, but that's not where you belong. Or how about, and let me just say it this way, <clears throat> how about if you're trying to play the course, you're trying to live this life, but somebody's on the, the first hole, but they decided, you know what, I like that fairway better. Let's just go play that one. And now they're just constantly cutting people off and getting in the way. More of a hindrance. Now, here's what I'm saying. Here's all I'm saying. This life, God has called all of you to something. God has called every one of us. Um, it, it may be just to walk out your faith as a husband, as a wife. That is vital. It, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to stand on a, on a stage. That's not what calling's all about, guys. It's about using your gifts and talents because God has given you a destiny. And I don't want us to get hung up on the word destiny this morning as much as it is we're on a journey. The destiny is the future. The destiny is where God is taking us. But if you get so hung up on what God is trying to do in your life and where he's taking you, sometimes you'll just start chasing the dream rather than the dream giver. And see, when we first started looking at Joseph, Joseph started having these dreams and his first dream was that they were binding sheaves, and his sheaves stood up, and all the other sheaves representing his brothers bowed down to him. That, that will always show your brother's love. That will always make everybody just comfortable. But then his next dream was that even the sun, the moon, and the stars would all bow down to him. That even got his dad talking to him. Now, now here's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Joseph had these dreams and I just want to say this to you, because the reason I had you think about a word before you even started the rest of the sermon, I wanted you to think about a word that you've been just being able to identify with. Because it would be easy during this season we've been walking through to try to bolster yourself up and to stay strong in yourself. And depending on what word, and I'm not trying to get weird on you here this morning, but depending on what word you chose, you're probably defeated and looking for sand, trying to figure out how to just camp out. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not judging when I say this, but if, if you've been saying things like, I can't wait for things to get normal again, you're looking for sand. You just want to camp out. I know what you're saying, but you don't know what you're saying. Because I, I, I feel what you feel. Believe me, we've all sort of felt that way. But I'm here to tell you that God sometimes allows things to happen in our lives that whether he calls them, because God causes all things to work together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's some things that are predestined. There's some things that are out there. You're going to face them. You're going to have relational issues. You know, you can't, you know, let me just tell every teenager out there, everyone 19, 20, 21, and you're not married yet, and you're looking for that special person. <laughs> I don't care how special they are now. You know, they'll always be special. 
to their mother. All right? But to you, they will be iron sharpening iron, I think the Bible says it. Uh, a thorn in the flesh. It, I, I didn't say that. Somebody over here did on my left-hand side. <laughs> but now, it's the most beautiful thing in life. But if you think for some reason that just because you are a Christian, you get to not take that exit, no, why? Because in the dreams that God has put in you, in the destiny that God has put in you, he who began a good work in you will complete it. It doesn't mean you just get there. It means there's a process of growth, a process of discipleship. That's why we talk about what, is, uh, what does um, generational um, look like when we transform in this, in this mission that we have at the church? What does transformation look like for every generation? A person is saved. A person is healed. A person is set free. A person learns how to follow Jesus. You don't just wake up one day and get on the golf course and hit a par four. If you did, it was a complete accident. You don't just wake up one day and you're playing with Tiger Woods. You play every day. You get up in the morning. You get up and you play. Uh, uh, Diane and I were watching a documentary last night. <coughs> Doc Rivers, powerful basketball coach, powerful player for many, many years and has been coaching for many, many years. And here's what he said. I never thought when I was a kid, when they would say, are you going to practice today? And he would be like, practice? No, I'm going to go play ball. He didn't look at it as training. He looked at it as, I can't wait to get there. Because, see, the payoff for him was being able to do it. He wasn't in his mind making sure he was going to be a champion one day. The, the funny thing is, if you'll just be faithful where you are, it's surprising how God is preparing you. And then when that opportunity hits, you're ready. You, you may not think you're ready. Our challenges sometimes are we want to be the ones who think we're ready. That's why sometimes we never get there because we never take a step of faith. Or we get there too soon and we're not ready. Hello, am I making any sense? Now, now, what does Psalms 105 have to do with, with Joseph this morning? Let's just read this. Because the Word of God, and again, I'm just talking. Here's, here's the simplicity of this message today. Get in the Word. Get into God's Word. Well, Pastor, I do like twice a week. <clears throat> if I played golf once a week, I would get better. <laughs> if I played golf four times a year, I would get better. But if I played golf every day, I would be massive. Right, Phil? Work with me, Phil. Because <laughs> um, here's, here's what I'm saying. It's, it's one of those things where when you live in it, it becomes part of you. And the Word of God is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting even to the marrow, dividing soul and spirit. In other words, the Word of God can get down where you live, where you won't let people get down where you live. And the Word of God starts to speak to you every day. And, and that's why it can't be a once-in-a-while thing. So what does Psalm 105 tell us? He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. We'll see next week as we talk about the purity that he faced, 
and then the prison. But, but I want to talk about the word today because he, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons, and, and that word there literally means his soul was in iron, <clears throat> until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Now, it's very important, and, and I, when we put the scripture on there, it's very important that when you say, until the time that his word, Joseph's word, came to pass, the word of the Lord, the capital word of the Lord, tested him. Now, what does that mean for us? Uh, first of all, and, and it's amazing that Anthony opened with the scripture he did this morning, because God's word is pure. It's refined like silver. God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And when, when it says his word, that the word of the Lord tested him, until his word came to pass, it meant that he was preparing Joseph for something because he had planted something in Joseph a long time ago. God's planted something in you. Some of you have even forgotten what God has planted in you. Some of you have not even discovered because you're, you're, maybe you're just getting started in the faith or maybe it is that, that you've been in the faith and you sort of backed away and gotten a little cold and maybe gotten a little bit disheveled and maybe just sort of given up on God. I've tried that Christian thing, and it's just not. That's sort of like saying, I walked across a golf course. I don't think it's fun. Until you've gotten into it and gotten into the Word and allow Him to get a hold of you, you don't know. You'll never know. But it's, it's when you understand that God's put something in you. Now, here's the best way I can explain. And again, this was all sort of rebirthed in me last week. I was one of the teachers at Regent <clears throat> asked me to come over and interview one of the classes. And, and so one of the questions he asked is, describe to us your calling, how God called you. Well, that's a long story and quite honestly, boring because God calls us all differently. And, and some stories are like, wow, I want his story. You know, because when I was raised, I was raised in a pastor's home. I was in church all the time. There's nothing exciting about that, right? I, I was never in a motorcycle gang. I, I never did any time in prison. I mean, and when I heard those kind of testimonies, I was like, Lord, I got to do something bad. I need, I need a testimony. I need, I need something that draws me out and makes me, oh, man, he, God really got a hold of him. But when I was about 13 or 14 years old, this is, this is you know, it's, it's just sort of raised in a pastor's home, and, and I, kept, I was always convicted about just what I was doing and things that I was involved in, and I was like, man, I just can't live this way. And I would, I would be in other services, and ministers would come over and pray with me or call me out, and, and we hear the word prophesy, and, I, and that's, I'm talking about that without talking about that today. People would speak into me or speak over me, and you're going to preach the word, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm 14. I got things to do. And see, here's, here's the calling. God just keeps confirming little things like that. He keeps planting little seeds, a dream here, an idea here, and you wrestle with it. Because was I ready to preach at 13? No. M maybe. 
but no. Uh, even when Diane and I were married, uh, I knew I was called to minister, but I, I, I ran as, as much as I could, and music was my initial degree. And so I just ran because I could do music, and that was my trump card. Because I'm not going to preach, Lord, but at least I'll sing. And the Lord is so gracious because he was like, sing away, but you're going to preach. You can sing all you want, but I'm greater than you are. You, you can do what you want, but it's, it's amazing how even when you think you're doing what you want, you can be more miserable than you can ever imagine. And so there were, there were several years that, that we were going through school, and, and we finally answered the call. My personal call. And it's not that it was like chiseled in stone, preach the word. No, believe me, from the first time to even when I'm standing here now, he's not finished with me. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of growth that goes on. There's a lot of things that go on. Because if I thought that just standing here was the culmination, you're, you're awesome, by the way. But if I thought this was the culmination, I would, I would probably just relax and camp out in the sand. And enjoy the view. Enjoy things. But here's what happened in the pandemic. God reawoken some things in me. And I've shared this before. But God, when we were sitting around in our nothingness, isolation for several weeks, the first several weeks were, okay, this soon shall pass. But then after things were literally shut down for about a month, and I could sense that my wife was wanting to kill me, because you're just pressed in the same room all month. I, I started saying, okay, God, what are we going to look like on the other side of this? So let's just preach a lot of change. Can't you just wait and see what God's going to do? And I found myself wanting God to do in my life what I wanted God to do in my life. And he started reminding me, no, there's something I want to do in your life. And, and guess what happened? It was wonderful. All hell broke loose. Because, listen, listen, when you think you're ready for a move of God in your life and he opens a door for you to see, you will not like what you see. You will not like what he says, I, I want to work on that area. No, it's, it's this area I want to work on, John. Wait a minute, Lord. I wasn't, that's not what I was talking about. Lord, I, I, the word for me is, but his word because the word tested there doesn't mean God's looking how to set you up so you can fail. It's, it's a testing. It's a proving. It's a refining. In other words, he's doing something in you to make you more powerful on the other side. Even when you can't see it. Even when you don't understand it. So whether God's planted something in your spirit that, that you know, he, I, I don't know what God wants me to do. I, I'm not really sure what it looks like. Don't be afraid to take some steps of faith. Because if you only wait and do something... When you completely understand it, you'll never do anything. Not one thing. Well, pastor, do you mean I step out in faith and, and then learn from my mistakes? Well, I have found <clears throat> that when you step out in faith and you really are trusting and following him, and we're going to talk about that in a moment because you have to hold on to God's word, but you have to hold on to what God has planted in you. And, and, and there's just three simple things, and the, the words that I'm, I'm reading out of uh, Psalms quite a bit here this morning, 
Because the words tell us, if God's way is perfect, the word of the Lord is proven, that he is a shield to all who trust him. In other words, if I'm following his word, he will be my shield. Now, if you need a shield, that means you're going to face some battle. You don't need a shield if things aren't going to go wrong. You don't need a protector if there's nothing to protect you from. You better believe when you step out in faith, the enemy's going to attack on every side. And what I have learned is nine times out of ten, he doesn't need anybody on the outside. He's already got stuff on the inside that I'm reminded needs to be worked out. I know I'm just talking to myself. This is personal therapy for me this morning. You don't wrestle with any of this, I'm sure. So here's, here's what I want us to look at for a few moments. Can I do this? First of all, I must submit <coughs> my word to his word. I, if it's a calling, I must submit it to him daily. What has God called you to do? What is God birthing in you? Well, I feel like God wants me to do this, or I feel like God is, is, is planning this. I feel like God, well, that's good. But be careful not to chase that before you submit it to him. God wants you to be a, a powerful business person. And there's some of you sitting in this room right now. Some of you haven't even started yet. But God's birthed that in you. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what it feels like. But God is doing it. There are some of you in this room that, that you've got vision that is so far but you're afraid to go there because it's so far out there. You're afraid to take steps of faith. That's why submitting it to him daily will allow you to do it. Can I just, I'm trying to make this, and this is not about me, guys. But when we moved here, when my wife Diane and I and our children moved here 15 years ago, 16 years ago, we knew God was calling us to plant a church. <clears throat> but we had a daycare. Now, here's how this works. We had a daycare, still do, uh, under another ministry. And I realized that a lot of the families in our daycare did not have a local church. So I started talking to some of the families in the daycare. And when we moved back here, the daycare had been owned and operated by the ministries that uh, our families had been connected with. But they had really begun to run down. I mean, the, the facilities were in pretty rough shape, quite honestly. And so as I begin to talk to some of the families about planting a church, one of the gentlemen that I talked to, in a very nice, he wasn't trying to be sarcastic, he wasn't being mean, he was, he was just sort of joking around. He said, oh, is, is what you're going to start look like this? And I, I knew what he was saying, and it hit home. Because the buildings looked cruddy. One building was literally falling down. Literally falling down. So when, when that's what you operate, and then you tell somebody else, I'm going to do something great for God. You mean like that? Now, there's, there's a part of me I wanted to defend. I wasn't here. I have nothing to do with that. But you do. You're over it, John. That's yours. So you know what we did? We didn't start the church. We rebuilt the daycare. We, we spent over $200,000 just 
just fixing buildings on the daycare to make people there believe what we say we do, we're going to be able to, they can take us seriously. We're going to be able to show them that if we say we're doing something for the Lord, they can take it serious. Now, we stepped from there and started in a daycare. I'm sorry, started in a theater. We were in theaters for six years, three different theaters at times. Now, there was a part of me in my calling, because moving back here was a challenge in itself. And we even had folks, I'm, I'm throwing Jack and Carolyn under the bus. Jack and Carolyn, Carolyn was my administrative assistant in uh, Delaware where we pastored. They sold everything they have. Raise your hands, Jack and Carolyn, please. <clears throat> I told you I'm not picking on you, but the, the bottom line is it took great faith. They sold everything they had, house, everything, gave their kids their, their inheritance so far, <clears throat> and moved here to help us plant this church. Now, that's faith. And even when they told me that, I'm like, please don't tell me. Just you let it be you and God because don't let it be me. Now, why, why am I saying this? Because I, when I started this church, I thought it would be just like it was when I pastored other churches. Bam, I get up here, sing, preach, let's pray, and people just keep coming. What I failed to to see was that culture was changing. They weren't, at, they weren't interested in attending. They wanted to know if you were going to be a church. If, if Christ was going to shine in your life on Wednesday, not just Sunday. If you were going to live this out on Tuesday, not just when you were around other Christians. If you were going to be what God has called you to be, or just talk about what God has called you to be. Now, Here's how you learn that the hard way. You learn it by getting up every day and by mistake after mistake after trial through great prayer and just spending time. God, help us get it right. Now we move into this building. Are you bored yet? I'm telling you about my call. We move into this building. We rent this building for several years. But last year we were able to finalize the purchase of this building. And when I tell you it was excruciating, because if, if anything, sometimes God just opens a window and you like fall into all the blessings. But I promise you, if you want life in Christ, it's sort of like a woman giving birth to a child. I know not of the pain, but I understand there is some. And see, when you, when, you, when you are birthing something, there's going to be pain. Just expect, God, do a new thing in my life, cesarean. No. No. Um, there, there's a birthing process. And because the way we own this church is a miracle. It really is a miracle because God had to show me, John, you think you know a lot of things. And you know how to pull a lot of strings. And you know a lot of business leaders, you know all the bankers, you know all the leaders, but I'm going to show you that it's not by might, and it's not by power, it's not by your intelligence, it's not by your ability, but it's by my might, says the Lord of hosts. And literally at the last minute, without going into all the details, at the last minute, before 
if we did not purchase by a certain date, we were going to have to move out of this facility. Some of you are only hearing that for the first time because I didn't want to make you nervous. But the reality is, the same people that were purchasing the building fund, they walked in and listened. This is how quickly it happened. We've got our own financing group. We're going to finance it. Whole thing. All the other ministries, we don't even want them on the same. Because we were trying to uh, encompass all of our different holdings, all of our different ministries, and put them into one. And everything was perfect except for banks just didn't want to deal with churches at that time. Now, I'm saying all this because what God was continuing to show me was, no matter how far you've come, I'm still doing a work in you. And you can't stop and relax and get rested or you will not go where I'm taking you. You cannot go where I'm taking you if you get camped out in the wrong place. So this isn't just about, John, make sure you're studying every day. I have to study every day. The main reason I teach where I teach at a local school here is not, you know, I love teaching. It keeps me young. But the reality is I've got to study a lot because it's not hard to look stupid. Get in front of a classroom. It is not, if you, I have to stay at least two chapters ahead of everybody. All right? And so, yes, you can study, you can study, and you can, you can stay in the Word, and you need to stay in the Word. Why? Because when God starts doing something in your life, it'll start to make sense over time. Because if not, you'll constantly be wondering, God, what are you doing? Read. You'll find out. Get into the Word. You'll find out what I'm doing. You'll know why you're going through some things you're going through. But God, I've been praying for healing. I, I am healing you. I'm making you tougher for the other side. I am healing you. you you're going to have to go through these things because you think you just want to be healed so you don't have to feel any pain. No, 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 no. You've got to feel some pain, not because God hates you. He just knows what you're getting ready to go through. Am I being mean? I, I could stay right here for a long time. Because guess what happened when we made the final purchase last May on this building? We don't even own this building a year yet, and we have pandemic. Everything shuts down. And I'm, my prayers are like, okay, Lord, do you know anybody who's wanting to buy a building? Because how are we going to make the payments? See, and, and please... You're more than welcome to say, wow, where's his faith? Well, don't judge. Because where's yours? Where's yours? And when I, I'm just saying that because God is going to allow you to take steps, but then he, he has a way of testing. Not to see if you're going to fail or succeed. He's refining. He, he does something to you. It breaks down the right materials in your life. And, and then things cool off a little bit because then he, it, there's just this way a refiner's fireworks. There's good days and there's bad days. And if you notice that you keep wrestling with the same bad day, it's because you haven't learned the lesson he's trying to teach you yet. If you wake up every week and you're still going around that same problem, that's just God saying, one more time. Let's work on this one more time. But problem, you know, the problem is I, I just, Lord, I think I'm done. I'm just going to camp out here. No, you weren't called to the 15th hole. There's 18. 
I'm trying to take you someplace. I know that's a bad analogy. I hope it's making sense. There are no 15-hole golf courses. You know, if you, if you find one, they didn't finish. All right? There, there are no shortcuts. What God is doing in your life, some of you, when you look back two years ago, God has brought you through some stuff that you never thought you'd make it. And he's just making you tougher. Now, I know our prayer sometimes is, Lord, okay, I've had enough. Please, Lord, make, let me be strong enough now. Or, Lord, whatever this dream is you have for my life, let me just, like, cut it in half. I'm good there. I can't take it anymore. But see, if you could only see, that, and this is the hard part, when God speaks into our lives and when God uses people to speak into our lives, how many have ever had someone speak a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge over you? Okay? Sometimes when we hear those words, now, first of all, the prophecy should be very, very much a part of our ministries. It, it should very much be a part of our everyday life. But, but let me tell you how it's going to happen more than not. It's, it's more than not going to happen just in a church service when someone's praying over you. Um, I, I'm telling you, it should be happening at home when you're speaking into your child. It should be happening at home when you're speaking into your spouse or speaking to your husband or your wife. It should be happening to a worker. Yes, with a mask on. And maybe from six feet away, but, you know, I've been praying for you. And, and just if I can share something God told me to tell you, boom. Now, there's, there's what we call sometimes parking lot prophecy. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But all that means is don't take everything at face value. If, if someone tells you, God showed me that you're supposed to move to another country, don't start packing. Because um, the second point is simply this. I need to test my word. I need to test my word. How do I do that? Well, I, I take what someone tells me. I take what someone tells me, and I sit down with others. The Bible says that, that many, there might be several prophecies, but then the others are to judge the prophecies. What does that mean? It just simply means that when someone says, hey, I think you should move to California. God's just telling me. I just sense this. I just see the word California on your forehead. Now, I'm not being silly. That might be a serious impression for someone to tell you. But, but don't just think that you, because if you're the kind of person that just jumps up and moves to California, you're going to be miserable in about six months. Um, here's why. Because when two or three people sit down and they say, now, wait a minute. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I see a time of training. I see a time of development. God, God I, I can definitely see that, but there's a, there's a time of preparation before you just jump out to California. And, and somebody, may, somebody else may come around and say that. They're totally, they've lost it. They're out of their mind. How many have heard during the pandemic different sides of different prophetic views? Some are saying um, this is God's judgment on America, but but I've even been saying this is the, the greatest opportunity for the church. It, so are they both right? Yeah. Yeah. These are the darkest times. 
These are the times for the greatest light. Because when does the light shine the brightest? In the dark. One of the most opportunities when everything's closed. One of the greatest opportunities for us to grow as disciples when nobody can get together on a regular basis. When you find yourself in a situation where it's just not comfortable and, and you're not supposed to be here. I mean, honestly, this is the first week I have even felt, man, maybe we shouldn't be meeting. Because when all the news is saying, we're spiking, president and the whole White House, they're in the hospital. I don't think it's that bad. It's just, I'm, I'm paraphrasing my fear. <laughs> you know, so you look on the news, and everybody's getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and I'm like, we're having church. You know? Maybe we should be handing out masks. Maybe we should be. Here, here's the reality. It's not about the fear. It's about in the darkest times, John. The church has an opportunity to be the brightest light. So what will you do, John? And I've shared this with you before. I, I pray, okay, God, give me, the, give me a great series. This was about June, uh, end of May into June when I was praying this. God, I just need a good series to carry us through because we were recording all the services. And here's what he said, just pure, plain as day. Listen, I heard it in my spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice. Don't worry. Um, no. No series. I live on series. He said, no, I want you to listen to me every day. I'll give you what you're going to speak next Sunday throughout the week. And I was like, Lord, um, I, can't, I can't live like that, Lord. I, just give me a two weeks notice, please. Give me, give me just a little. Can I just do it? Maybe just Matthew. I'll do a series on Matthew. He's like, no, just I want you to listen to me every day. Well, I think I do try to listen to the Lord every day. But you know what it's like when you have to listen to the Lord now, every day? When he's clear as day speaking to me saying, no, I'll, I'll give you what I want you to share. So honestly, what I realized through June and then into July, setting up for series that we're in, that what God is trying to do is, is, is more in an emphatic way. If you think becoming a disciple and following after Christ was radical before pandemic, Guys, it's not an option. There's nothing about this faith that's an option. There are no suggestion boxes in the kingdom. It's his way. If he says, follow me, it's as simple as this. We're following Christ. And I, I have to submit what I think God is doing in my life. I have to submit to him because it's not about me. Listen, it's not about you. It's about him. And when we come together, there, there's things in my calling, there's things in my life that if it's about me, I won't let others get involved. That's not the body of Christ. But when I submit my life to him, when I submit what God is doing, now we're all just continuing to learn how to live this throughout the week. See, my heart's cry, and I'm just getting off task here a little bit. My heart's cry is that even while we continue to meet like this, others who are streaming in, now churches already do this all over the place, I know but that others will start small groups in their home that meet on Sunday morning. And they'll discuss what we're talking about. Because what does it look like for you to be in the Word every day? Not a judgment, not a condemnation. He did not come to condemn us. But I wonder if the Holy Spirit would convict us if we're challenged to read the Word every day. Are you? Are you getting in the Word every day? And that scares some of us because we're so busy, but we stay so distracted we don't hear Him. 
We say so distracted we don't hear him. You know what I thought the whole time I was playing golf? Wow. If I would just practice. Because every once in a while, I would have a shot that would stay out of the water. And when I would hit that perfect shot, I would say, wow. If I would practice every day, I wonder what that would look like on a regular basis. Now, please, I'm not going to be playing golf every day. But I am going to be in the Word. Because it's so important, not for me just to model it to you, but you have to understand that what I'm asking you to do is not optional. We've got to get into the Word and live this out. And we test the Word by, by measuring our Word against His Word. See, whatever God has put in you, if it doesn't measure up to the Word... It's a pipe dream. As a matter of fact, listen to what Deuteronomy says. Deuteronomy tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 13, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, in other words, he does a miracle, and the sign and the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, let us now go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet and that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord is your God and is testing you to know whether you have loved the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and your mind, and your soul. Now, what is he saying there? He's saying, listen, there's going to be people that come along and speak some powerful things into your life. If it doesn't make sense with the word of God, and if it starts leading you away from your relationship with Christ, get away from them quickly. Now, why is this important? Because we're human. We're human. Here's what we do. Someone comes to us and says, I see great things in you. Have a good day. And we're like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what else? What else? Tell me more. I see great things in you, number one, and I'll see you next week. And, and what do we start doing? Because we're human. What do we start doing? We start chasing a dream. We start chasing a word. We start chasing a person. And, and something they even say may happen. God told me that this is going to happen and it may rain while it's happening. You know what that's called? Weather app. Okay? Now, I am not, please, I believe in prophecy. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you're, you're, you're in dangerous territory. That's why, we, that's why we need to hang out with each other, the body of Christ. We need to be studying. We need to be sharing with each other. When you start getting isolated, you become more insulated than, you, than you'll ever understand. And you've insulated yourself against people speaking into your lives because you only want to hear what you want to hear. So we, we have to protect ourselves by testing our word. So yes, God has given you a word. We test that word. But then the last point. Simply this. I need to hold on to that word. Because if you're testing it and it's staying true to the word of God, hold on to it even if it hasn't happened yet. Hold on to it. So I I ask you, what is that thing that God is doing in your life? Has this made any sense? What is that thing that God is doing in your life? Where, Where have you seen God trying to work in your life and 
It seems to be a struggle. It seems to be a constant issue. Because listen, before God ever does anything great, and we'll see this in Joseph. Next week, we're going to see Joseph challenged by a powerful temptation, lust. We'll see him have to go through issues he never planned on going through. Unless you have a firm grasp that God's got a plan for your life, you'll camp out every time. You'll give in every time. Well, pastor, let me stop you here because I've camped out a long time ago. I gave up on God a long time ago. I've messed up so bad. Here's the beautiful thing. He's never given up on you. You may have given up on what he's trying to do in you, but he's never given up on you. He'll meet you right where you are. Jesus still will meet you right where you are. Why? How do I know that? Because he has with me. I can't tell you how many times that the the enemy comes in and tries, whether it's in the body or in your personal life or my personal life, how he will come in and just try to sow seeds and and cause you to say, you know what, enough's enough. I can't do this anymore. I'll just do this. I even had a, I was going through some, literally, going through some old prophecies that people had sent me years ago. (laughs) And one of them was this. You don't belong here. Thus saith the Lord. And they went on with a few other um, nice things. You know, I see great things for you in this area and in this area and in this area. And all those things, you know what they are? They are potential obstacles. Because opportunities can be obstacles if God hasn't called you to them. Hello? Hello? You may be incredibly gifted in certain areas, but, but if God decides to use you here, it's because he's preparing you to use you greater. Same gifts, same talents, but you, you are in control when you stay here. God is in control when you go here. I, I have a sneaky suspicion by the time we get to the end of Joseph, I'm praying that you're going to be challenged in multiple ways. The reason I stood today to talk about this is there's no sense in talking about fighting temptation if you don't really believe this. I can talk about the lust of the flesh all day long, and you'll just look at it as somebody pounding on your head about how bad you are. No, it's God saying, I've got a plan for your life. It's better than what you think. You don't have to give in to those things. See, if, if we just jump to certain parts of Joseph, it would be easy for me to feel like I'm just hitting you on the back of the head with the word of God. Anybody ever feel that way? Be honest. All right? Hope you don't feel that way this morning. But there's been some times that the convicting of the Holy Spirit almost feels like, Lord, please don't come to my living room every morning and then tell the pastor what I'm doing. That's not how it works. He's speaking to all of us. But there's no sense in talking about that if we really don't believe the Word of God and get in it. I want you to do do yourself a favor. Start reading the story of Joseph. Just start in Genesis 37. And at least for next Sunday, just go ahead and read. I'm giving your Bible reading assignments for the week. You ready? Genesis 37 through the end of 40. Read that. Genesis 37. Just take a little bit out of every day. If you don't have a devotion, if you don't have a Bible, if, if you don't have a Bible, have you got a phone? I mean, we can get the Word of God in your hand. But if you, if you will, please, just there, there's devotional series you can download. 
Um, there's devotional apps. There's all kinds that you can just spend your morning, spend five minutes, spend ten minutes just getting the Word of God in you and then pray, God, please, let me live this out today. It, it, even if it's, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable, pray that, and then walk out of the house on Monday morning. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your, in your sight, Oh God, my Lord and my Redeemer. Now go and choose somebody out on 64. That, that, that's what will help you. Because as soon as you get, thank you, Lord. Because I want my heart to be acceptable. I want what I say to be acceptable today, Lord. So thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for shielding me. Why? Psalms 105. When his word came to pass, the Lord's word was testing him. When your word comes to pass, when God is doing what he's doing in your life, it's because his word is testing us. Now, what do I mean by testing? And I'm closing. Um, let's do this a little bit differently if, if you'll just come. Um, and we're going to close in prayer. I know I've gone a little bit longer. Please forgive me, but it was good. <laughs> you enjoyed it. You just don't, don't act like it. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean he tested us? It means we know what to do. Are we going to do it? We know what to do. Are we going to do it? I've heard it said that it's not the things that we don't know about the Word of God that upsets us. It's the things that we do know that get to us. I was talking to a student this last week, <clears throat> and uh, we finally connected. He lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and I found out that he's a young man, 30, and he's getting ready to start a church. Just moved from New York with his young family. And I said, well, who's supporting you? It's his church, his, the main church from New York. It's just one church that is sending him. And the first thing out of his mouth was, and we're, we're, even in the middle of a pandemic, we're looking for a building. And the, just the Holy Spirit just, something rose up in me, and it was just he and I on Zoom. And I said, uh, sir, can I? I said, I, listen, I, I never want to uh, just say something because you're, you're taking a class. You're not here for this. But he said, no. He said, I would not have even Zoomed you unless I had checked your website and, and just saw who you were. And I know you're a pastor, so I want to hear what you've got to say. I'm like, sit down. I said, um, I'm not sure what your strategy is. But here's, what, here's one thing I do know just from talking to you. You know how to have church. You know, I said, I'll guarantee your wife sings. I'll guarantee you sing. I know you can preach. I said, and because we know how to have church, we think if we get a building, they will come. And I said, now here's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak into you or anything. I said, here's what I'm saying. If... If I were starting a church all over again, not just because of the pandemic, but because of what God has shown me through the pandemic, I would meet with like six couples at the most 
for about a year and just pour the Word of God into them. I said, because honestly, you'd rather have six couples on fire for God than 600 trying to figure out how to pay a building payment. Well, pastor, we need to try to reach people wherever we can. Right, but, but I just told him from my heart when I knew God was telling me to tell him. And it was amazing because he just started laughing. And I thought, wow, he knows the quickest way to an F in this class. He just started laughing and he said, you're right. I know how to have church. He said, I never thought about it that way. But being church, now I wasn't trying to change his strategy. I wasn't trying to change his plans. What I know is there's tremendous pressure to fulfill your own dream. God birthed something in him that's real, but there's pressure for you to fulfill it. So you run out and do what you think will fulfill the dream. I'm just challenging you today. What if you just got into the Word and submitted your dream afresh and anew to him? What if instead of going out and just buying the next thing that you think puts you in the position for the dream, because did, did Joseph ever think, ever imagine while he was in prison that would he be second in command? If he would have been like us and God even gave him that word, what do you think Joseph would have probably done without a lot of maturity taking place in his life? Probably the same thing he did when he was back with his brothers. Walk around the prison now saying, I just had a dream last night. I'm going to be second in command one day. Who knows what would have happened in prison? Now, here's, here's what I'm saying. We have to stop chasing the dream and start chasing God again. Get into his word again. I hope I'm making sense. Let's stand together. Um, this morning, I wonder if it would be okay for us just to surrender our dreams afresh and anew. For some, that you might not even be able to identify what that is. You might not be able to verbalize what that dream is. But, but whatever hopes or desires, ambition, whatever they are, don't let them go. Just lay them down. Lay them down at his feet. Because I promise you what God's birthed in you, it's not that it's wrong, but it better be his. Because if it's his, he'll refine it. He'll refine you. He'll prepare you. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we just lay our dreams at your feet. Lord, the things that you've given us, the blessings that you've given us, the, the things, Lord, that, that you've given us in our life, you've spoken into us, Lord, things that we can't comprehend, Father, you've put them there. Lord, some of us have let them go. We've, we've even forgotten about them. And you're rekindling those, those things that you told us long ago. Lord, some of us have pursued them and, and forgotten you. Lord, wherever we are in that process, I pray today that you help us to just realize that what you've given us is yours. So we lay it back down at your feet. Lord, I pray that you rekindle that in us in a powerful way. Let us see that you are doing a work in us that no man can stop. But Lord, we cannot stop your work in us. 
Lord, those areas in our lives that you're working on, those areas in our lives and our marriages and our businesses, Lord, all those areas that you are working on daily. I come against the enemy right now in the name of Jesus that make us feel like we have failed. And we just say that from this day forward, we will no longer allow the enemy to, to just spew those um, remarks and those areas of our lives that we know that it's got to be your grace or we'll never make it. Lord, your grace has what set us free. You have redeemed us. We don't deserve it. Father, we can't earn it. So, Lord, whatever's happened in our lives, we just turn it over to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I just pray that we no longer live in guilt or shame, but that we stand, Lord, understanding that you're doing a work in us so that even this week we can hold our head high, not because of how great we are, but how great you are. So thank you, Father. Do your work in us, Lord. Let us begin to dream again, that even during a pandemic when things don't look very good at times, Lord, help us to realize that, that you have blessed us. Now be a light in the darkness. That you can use us, Lord. Lord, I pray for parents. I pray for teachers. I pray for children who are still trying to get adjusted back into school. Teenagers and, and those in college who are still trying to figure out how, how to navigate through this time that is so different. God, I pray that you help us to see that you're doing a work in us that is greater than anything we could ever imagine. And you're not preparing us to get back to normal. You're preparing us for something greater. Now, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ the strong Son of God. Do it, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for letting me keep you longer. Um, but that doesn't mean next week will be shorter. I love you. God bless you. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.